Two Guys Talking Podcast, back again, episode three. Appreciate all the listeners that have been listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, any major platform. Check it out today. Follow us, Two Guys Talking Podcast, on Instagram, Facebook. Send us an email, Two Guys Talking Podcast at gmail.com. I'm P. We got Brandon back again. Brandon was spending too much time together, man. You getting sick of it yet? No, never, dude. Never. <laughs> Never get sick of you. Oh, that's that's sweet. That's so sweet. So I'm feeling good. Uh, Wing Shack for dinner. Um, it was kind of a last minute call. The reason I'm shouting out Wing Shack is this: sometimes when a meal just hits, and tonight's Wing Shack meal hit. And if I'm being honest, I think I'm gonna go Wing Shack over Wing Stop. Um, I like me. Some people might not like the smaller type wings. I, I like the smaller. I'm not necessarily looking for the bigger. Sometimes the bigger wings disappoint me when they're it gets just messy. messy. It gets messy. Um, a little too much for me, but first question, are you a drums or, or a flats guy? Uh, think of flat. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it changes every like three and a half years. Cause and honestly, it probably changes each time I have wings, but I think gun to my head, I'd probably choose flats. Okay, well, I, see, I go back and forth because of the mood I'm in. See, I love traditional wings, but sometimes they get too messy. You got to be in the mood, right? For the yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. There's times where you go and you just want boneless because it's like I don't want to be having to lick off my fingers. Well, all so the time. here's my here's my thing: is sometimes a drum is just one handed. So, yeah, that's true. You know, you can, you know, sometimes a drum is a little easier because you can just one hand it and then you can, you know, place bets on the other hand. Um, yep. You know, you don't have to like just, you know, leave, leave the addiction to the side. You just can continue the addiction of betting yeah, on sports. Feeding yourself, you leave your screen <laughs> clean and everything. Can't help myself. Well, we got so much to talk about. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we, we try to talk about condensing it and keeping it in a tight realm. I don't know how good of a job we're going to do with with this week. I mean, we have so much on the scheme of things. We even have a game I want to play with Brandon, and um, I added in a, a little touch in it, Brandon, that we didn't talk about, so my bad, but it's nothing crazy. You'll be okay. Uh, but we're going to get into the game here. But, I mean, we have the NBA Cup to talk about. We have CSU basketball, CU basketball, uh, Chiefs. Hey, uh, you know, am I, am I on side, Brandon? Am I on side? Um, it's early enough to where, yeah, we could probably call you on side. Okay. Uh, see that that's how want. easy it is. You just check if you're on side and then we're done. We move yeah. on and then nothing happens. Cowboys are the Cowboys for real. Like, I didn't want to say that, but like, are they for real? Shohei Otani. There's even more news that has come out since the whole $700 million deal. And it's about the deferred. I don't know if you heard about the deferred situation that he decided the to deferred's do, but crazy. Deferred's crazy. It's crazy. Shohei Otani, the Broncos are one game back, which I mentioned last episode. Keep an eye on the division because the Broncos may have a chance. And sure enough, we have a one game. And then DK Metcalf, sign language, looking to kill somebody on the field. I mean, the guy is all over. Brandon, where, are we, where, where, where do you want to start today? Let's start with Shohei. So... $700 million, 10 years. Now, there's some agency trickiness that's going on, and I'm not sure what what the, what the trickiness is, but, um, you know, we can get into the conspiracy of it, that, 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 that the whole agency, long story short, is Shohei's agent duped L.A. almost and everybody to think that he was going to Toronto to force L.A. to 
offer that huge deal. Now, I don't want to get into that because the new news about it is that Shohei Otani is only going to get paid $2 million a year for this whole contract. You talk about Bobby Bonilla? I mean, this is Bobby Bonilla to a whole new level, Brandon. First, thoughts on the contract. Second, top thoughts on the deferred option. The contract wasn't surprised. Well, I guess, okay. I wasn't surprised that he got that much money. Obviously, you don't really just jump to that number when you're, you know, kind of trying to figure out how much he's going to get. But once I saw the number that, you know, the initial shock value of like, oh, my Lord, that's a lot of money. You know, then it gets over. It's like, well, Shohei, it's baseball, no salary cap, all the good stuff that way. But um, super bummed it was the Dodgers. We touched on that last episode. Really didn't want him going to L.A. Uh, but yeah, good on his agent though, man. I mean, he, that's how you work it. It's, it's a business and he played it. He played it like a good, a good business transaction. I mean, he came out winning and obviously he's going to get a good chunk of that too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I was really, really bummed that it's LA and now I got to root against the guy. No, see, that's, I was telling my fiance that who, if, if this video ever goes live, that's my fiance behind setting up our Christmas tree two weeks before Christmas. So we don't usually do this. She's probably the most craziest Christmas person I know, um, and other people's, you know, other dudes are like, no, my wife's crazier, which, you know, we can go all day about women in Christmas. But quick, quick sidetrack. So yeah. we talked about today how we weren't really like in the holiday spirit. All of a sudden. So obviously the tree's going to help. We, I was telling you how we haven't decorated for Christmas either. No house lights up, no tree up yet. So when I stopped at the grocery store on my way home today, <laughs> I picked me up some eggnog That's what I'm talking to get about. into the holiday spirit. And have you still yet to have eggnog? No, I didn't have it on Thanksgiving. You were talking such a big game. I know, and I'm pretty upset with myself, but Nathan McKinnon just gave the Avs a lead, so there's a live update for you. So, you know, go Avs. I don't know how far, if I'm ahead of you or behind Back to Shohei. You, you know, back to Shohei. So, Shohei Otani. I, I think I was explaining to my fiance how I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I like the guy. And now I have to cheer against him. And I can't just cheer for him because I don't want that team to succeed. And 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 teams la are longer than players. So my whole thought about that whole thing, it just kind of it kind of ruins everything. But, you know, we get to sh see Shohei more. But at the same time, he's going to be going up against us with, you know, what people would say is the most unstoppable lineup um of all time but again you know dodgers are gonna dodger and um you know they'll they'll find a way to screw it up when it matters and again like it's baseball and not one guy ever wins a uh baseball game it just doesn't happen i mean look at some of the greats that we can go on and on about greats that could have been in baseball it's just not gonna happen i i, I want to see it to believe it and i tweeted this and i know i have millions of followers on twitter that probably saw this but I think what the deal said, but the Dodgers, it's kind of like the Kings, but, you know, people can be like, the Kings and Dodgers, it's it's a desperation thing. I think Dodgers are saying, yeah, 2020 wasn't real. Yeah, and I think they have the lineup. It's kind of a, you know, championship window. I think you're right. I think that, you know, they feel 100%. that you have to take advantage of it. And even, you know, I think those type of franchises don't feel the type of pressure maybe some other ones do in regards to a championship window just because of the resources that they have. Uh, but you still don't want to waste talent, you know, just because you have money and you know you can go pick up anyone you want next offseason, you know, because you got the cash to do it. You still don't want to 
you know, let that lineup go to waste. And, you know, you can lose the locker room real quick. If guys, you know, thinking each year you continue to fall short, whatever the case may be. So, um, but yeah, I think it, you know, a desperation move maybe might be a little excessive on my end, but it's something where I think they knew if you have the opportunity, you have the resources, you got to jump on it. Um, and you know, they're, it's win, it's win or bust. I mean, there's, there's only two options. It's either you win the world series or you don't. Um, and it, it's pretty that's you know that simple i mean how high do the expectations need to be like my expectations are like if you don't win 100 games every season that's a failure that's one failure and then if you don't win a championship or at least make it to the world series every season uh, that's another failure i mean uh, you're talking about and, and nothing against shohei otani shohei otani is probably the greatest baseball player of all time i mean at this point if he continues on the trajectory he's on i think you could possibly say with with him what he's able to do on both sides of the ball i mean it's 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 incredible but regardless shohei's a dodger we're gonna have to deal with it i think we all knew the money was coming i didn't think we expected it to be 700 million i think we all kind of expected it in the 500 to 600 range but nevertheless shohei's a dodger we move on and, and we get over it but he's only gonna take while he's at in LA, twenty million dollars out of the seven hundred million. That's all he's taking during the playing time of ten years. And which honestly, that's that's not a, like it's not I a bad like move. That at all. idea, it's not a bad move at all. No, because you know, I mean, one obviously that's plenty of money to ever have and live off of. But uh, you know, now he's saving that money for retirement, and he can go buy a country if he wants to i don't know but the dodgers do have an uphill battle because DraftKings came out with a um promotional boost for them to win the world series and those never work so yeah those don't work for, Bummer for them i mean yeah it's it's a very interesting move and it, it's you know shohei otani um it's just it's incredible i mean he continues to just make waves in the sport and he's right now it makes the sport fun i got the i got the pleasure to watch him live in the home run derby and watch him start an all-star game and just hit just the vibe that he brings is he's fun to watch he's a cool personality i think he's he's fun like that um he, he's he's more generational i think he's more appealing uh, than Ichiro. I think Ichiro made a huge impact in his for his team. I think Hideki Matsui made a huge impact on his team. But when you look at what, what Shohei's doing for the entire nation, world, what have you, it, it's pretty incredible. Uh, world Baseball Classic, MVP, uh, All-Star Starter. I mean, he's all over the place and it's just the coolest. I, I You know, it's going to be hard to root against him. Yeah, I'll find a way. You always do. That's for sure. We're going to stay in L.A. The Lakers win the cup. The Lakers are winning a raising a banner. LeBron's throwing champagne all over the place. I mean, where is this? Where was this last season, Brandon? Like, where where was this when they got swept to the Denver Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals? I'm not saying that they're not going to change being swept by the Nuggets, but just the intensity of play? Tell me that, the, that, that intensity, where has that been since... 2020 in the bubble maybe i mean i don't i don't know how the in-season tournament has brought this this energy from the los angeles lakers but now they're raising a banner as a laker fan it annoys me that this is getting so much more than what it is and those guys are just going to run with it but you know lakers gonna laker lebron gonna lebron and uh you know the lakers played a heck of a tournament they won seven they went seven and oh it helps for the regular season they're now 
you know, tied for the fifth seed with the Nuggets in the West, but it's only December and we have so much more basketball to go. Where do these 23 games lie out of 82? I don't know how much it really means in the long run. Now, you know, you you can always be the, you'll always be the first to win the in-season tournament, but what does it mean? I, you know, we talk about it. It doesn't mean much. And the more that the Lakers and their players push this narrative that it means a lot, the more I'm like, no, it doesn't. Because I was cool with it at first. And now I'm like, now we're raising a banner? I mean, this is unbelievable. Right. And I go back and forth with it. If if you have, if you take the Lakers out of the situation, I think the celebration and things like that, I wouldn't necessarily hate too much just because – you know, sports are supposed to be fun. These guys are supposed to have fun. They did the, you know, the final game in Vegas for a reason, kind of add that that extra sense of, you know, celebratory factor and stuff like that. But again, with it being the Lakers and LeBron, that's where I look at it. It's like, stop having fun. Uh, but yeah, to your to your point of where where's this intensity? Um, one guy I look at specifically is AD. I mean nail on the head i think it's it's crazy like he showed us that when he's at the top of his game and when he's focused and when he wants it he can be what he was you know those early years in new orleans and what he was supposed to be coming out of college top five i, just, yeah, I don't understand why he can't do that he's a top five player right. in the league potentially when he plays like that right but no agreed and well, i just don't yeah i just don't get why why he can't find that same intensity even in the playoffs i mean yeah he had his he had the run in the bubble um i still think that game winning three-point shot against the nuggets like was what got them over the hump oh yeah yeah. uh to win that title but it's it's one of those things i just don't understand it and you know i've always joked about how that that covid break helped ad because he got to just take a couple months off and i after watching him in the nba cup i think there's actually some truth to that to where this guy, he just maybe gets bored or worn out or tired. I don't know, but he seemed like he seemed like he wanted that really bad. And and again, we called it from the jump. We said this is something that we could see the Lakers really wanting and really trying to get. No, I mean, if if I wish we were doing the podcast when we had made that prediction because me and you hit that so well on that exactly how it panned out is what happened. And uh, we knew the Lakers were going to win. We knew they were going to take it as seriously as they did. Uh, We knew all that was going to happen. And sure enough, you know, it did happen. And yeah, you know, Lakers won and I'm, I'm excited for it. You know, one thing I'll say is I'm kind of bummed that it's over. I enjoyed the in-season tournament. I would, I would like to see it extended a little bit longer, you know, let, let, let it ride a little bit longer. Let's, let's bring, let's stretch out the intensity because I ain't going to lie as much as, I'm like, where is this all the time, Lakers? Man, did I love seeing the intensity played and the fast-pacedness and, and seeing LeBron running up and down the court like he like he doesn't do all the time anymore. And, yeah, seeing AD drop 40 points, it's pretty dominant to watch with what he's able to do. It, it, it's enjoyable to watch. And then on the Pacers' side, same thing. And then D'Angelo Russell, Bruce Brown chirping at each other. I mean, I, I that's the intensity I want. Let's stretch it out. Let's stretch it out a little bit longer and, you know, maybe go all the way to the right. All-Star break. You know, right. I, that would be kind of cool. I think what we yeah, I know. go ahead. I was just gonna say I know I was surprised with how much fun I had with it, and you know we talked about the NBA potentially tweaking it somehow. I mean they'll want to make sure they try to improve it year to year. 
or at least I hope they would. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, you obviously have to have a limit on how far you can take it because right. you don't want it getting too close to playoffs because then the guys will stop caring about that because they're trying to make a playoff run. So, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, one of those things where we we knew what was going to happen and we still had fun with it, though. You know, one thing I just came up with that might make it a little more serious is split the season into two seasons and then have the first half of the season have it be a championship and then have a second half of the season. Maybe, maybe it would mean more. I don't know. But then you did cut, run into you only played 41 games and yada, 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 you know. But, you know, no one – I don't right. think, I don't think the in-season tournament is ever going to really – have the 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 oomph to it like an nba championship will and maybe it maybe it will because of, and you don't want that no but maybe it does though because of the newness people like some people like change and something new about it so i don't know and it's year one so you know we can speculate like crazy about what it's gonna turn into in the future but regardless um yeah i mean just just it was fun and i think all in all the nba cup I think it was a success. I think the NBA can call it a success, and so I'm all I'm all for it. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of shift, uh, you know, to the NFL here and kind of go through the weekend more or less quickly. We, you know, when we're recording this, we just got done with Monday night and a couple really surprisingly fun Monday night games, and the Packers really just looking like crap the entire game letting the Giants kind of sneak away with one there. And then the Dolphins completely laying an egg when at first you thought the Titans laid an egg uh, after fighting so hard. And then somehow the Titans come back and beat the Dolphins. So a couple really interesting games there. The NFL's getting heated, getting hot. We don't want to spend too much time in the NFL because there's going to be so much more to talk about as we get closer to the playoffs. Um, and there's so much what ifs in the air two games i want to mention one the denver broncos beating the chargers really handling them from from start to finish and now you have a one game one game division difference between the chiefs it, how 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 likely do you think the broncos have to maybe stealing a division here yeah it's it's tough cuz if that were to happen you would think that the broncos would have to win out um, and their schedule finishing up the season is still pretty light. I think that, you know, the our next toughest game is the Lions this Saturday. The Lions haven't looked great. I always kind of think, you know, if a team like that, it's at home, kind of a must win for them. Though the Packers losing tonight helped them because they were kind of letting that division get a little interesting again. I know they had a few game lead on it, but, you know, with how bad they've been playing, they kind of opened the door a little bit. So. Um, that Packers loss helped them out there. But I think that's one of those things where that Lions team's going to know they need to come out strong, and that just worries me on the road. If it was at home, I'd have a lot different of a feeling. But as far as the division goes, I think it's going to be – it's going to take a miracle because the Chiefs' schedule's not super tough to close out the year. And, again, I think that would mean the Broncos would have to win out. So if you beat the Lions, you know, I think you kind of start – check in a little bit more and saying okay what what matchup can the chiefs maybe fall flat on but um i'm i think the wild card's more realistic and that's honestly still a little bit of a a shot in the dark too because they need they need a lot of help um but but again it's the nfl and like we saw tonight you have a dolphins team with the chiefs struggling and and the ravens continuing to win the dolphins need this game to 
you know, potentially kind of keep their eye on that number one seed. And then they go and lose at home against a Titans team where they have pretty much nothing to play for. And Will Levis played awful. I mean, he, he started the game bad. He kind of got it back together. And then in the fourth quarter had a couple interesting mistakes that, you know, you see from rookie quarterback. So it's the NFL. I mean, it changes week to week, but I, I don't know if the division is truly um, something that the Broncos can achieve, but it'd be sweet if we could do that. Cause just ending the chiefs reign. I mean, we already got one monkey off our back just by beating them. <laughs> you know, they had 58 wins in a row against them. So <laughs> just beating them that, that felt good. But yeah, I think the division's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. You know, and, and, and uh, I, I just, I, the chiefs aren't the chiefs, the chiefs aren't the same. Uh, you know, they're probably a little more hungry with how the, the game ended uh, against the bills. You know, and, and maybe maybe they're trying to find that within them. Uh, maybe maybe that's the fire that they're trying to start in their locker room with what happened against the Bills. And, and it's no news probably when when you know you're listening to this right now is you, no news of what happened to, at, at the end of the Chiefs game with them probably having probably one of the greatest plays of the entire season ending up being called back because the offensive player gets lined up off sides and and you know we could we could spend probably the whole show on this. Uh, but I just want to make it one thing clear is the contradiction and the hypocrisy from fans is just hilarious to me that when you don't call a call when it matters, a.k.a. the Super Bowl with the Chiefs, everyone blows a hoot. And then when they make the right call and it's not, it's just completely clear, there's no craziness to it it's completely black and white he is completely off sides that we need to let it go for the sake of the play and you don't want the refs to get involved in that moment and I'm like where does the integrity of the game really lie at that point because what what do we want as fans what do we you got to pick a side and live with it you can't just have it in all ways because you just really want your team to win. It's just have a and, and and you don't want to publicly call out your teammates, but it's okay to publicly call out the referees. And I'm like, I I don't know. I think we hear enough people publicly call out each other in press conferences enough as it is. So now the Chiefs are going to take the high road in that sense and and embarrassing for the NFL. No, I thought that was a pretty big you know ballsy move by that referee to make that call. And again, he threw the flag immediately when the play was was uh was snapped he didn't know what was going to happen none of us knew what was going to happen the referee did the right thing you stick with your call regardless of what happens uh, you know anyone that's complaining uh, that about the call being happened it, you're you're yelling at the wrong person you know Kadarius Tony is an incredible talent he is shifty as heck he is a pretty good receiver obviously he's made to the NFL but he makes boneheaded after boneheaded after boneheaded plays to cost the team chances to win and so what what's the scale here what what matters more to you and you know I, I'm, I'm mad at Kadarius Tony if I'm a Chiefs fan I'm mad at their continuous uh wide receiver uh lackluster of performance like they just do not show up except this Rasheed Rice guy who seems to be like no nope, you know what I'll take over I'll catch the ball and I'll be the one to to, to actually get better week in and week out but everyone no one wants to really just now we now we can shift to the refs the refs did absolutely what we want them to do in a big play, when it matters, I mean, think about if that play happens, and as a Bills fan, what people would be saying. And I mind you, at the same time, you know, 
the, that lineman, the right tackle, still lining up eight yards in the backfield. So what what are we calling? What are we not? Yeah, you. I mean, I, in that sense, it's very black and white. They're doing it, and I heard this today. The 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 emphasis on it because in the Eagles Cowboys game later that day, the they called they called an offensive offsides, and that was not in a big moment of the game. Third quarter, middle of the drive, no one batted an eye, but no one's going to pay attention to it. It was on a it was on a tush push. Yeah, it was on a tush push. Tush that's they've exactly been watching that even, why they've been watching that more specifically. Yeah, that's exactly why they've been doing offensive offsides is because of the tush push. If we're gonna allow this play to happen, then we need to make sure that everyone's on side on offense, and that makes sense because you can totally cheat the line a little bit on the tush push. Makes complete sense. So. The NFL not being consistent, not protecting the players, and they are. They're probably the only organization in sports actually actively trying to improve in different manners. And look at the MLB. They still will not put automatic strike zones in baseball. They still will not do it for some strange reason. The NFL has adopted technology. They've adopted player safety protocols. Are they perfect? No. But I commend them for trying, and I commend the refs for making that call. Kadarius Tony is the problem. I agree with everything you said, and it. I think it's one of those things too, where um, you know, if that call, if they didn't make that call, Bills lose and maybe miss out on a, a wild card spot. You know, being a Bills fan, you you wouldn't be able to live with that. So it, it was the right call because it was a penalty. It wasn't this gray area, a subjective call. No, he was offside. You have to call offsides. It's as simple as that. Yeah, it wasn't even like. Was he offsides? No, no, he was offsides. He was, and again, yeah. how? I mean, we're in the NFL here. You talk about professionals. How about we tighten up the screws there, boys? How about we make sure that we're onside? You know, Pat Mahomes, maybe that's on you, leader. Instead of whining and complaining on the sideline, you don't want, you want to be the face of the NFL. You want fans to jump on your side and jump on your back. Maybe that's why people aren't coming for Jalen Hurts' head because he's been playing like crap the last few weeks because he holds a high head. He puts his chin up and he just moves on to the next day. Oh, it's, we'd be, you know, if he acted like, Pat Mahomes did and with the same performance we'd be we'd be hating on Jalen Hurts but no one's hating on him because he carries himself and people and you like the way he talks like the way he leads I mean Pat Mahomes you know I, I was pretty surprised by that and you, if you're standing up for your teammate by doing that I mean your teammates have done enough to kind of wreck you um this season I mean how many times have we seen their receivers just kind of completely even even Travis Kelsey a couple times and then Pat Mahomes said this funny thing saying that it takes away from Travis Kelsey's greatness and I'm like no it doesn't and again he's not better than Gronkowski I'll take that to the bank Chiefs fans are probably gonna hate me for saying that but Gronkowski is a better tight end than Kelsey and it doesn't take away from Kelsey's greatness, though. I think that play, Kelsey's still a great tight end. He's an all-timer. He's probably a Hall of Famer. I, I don't think it takes away anything from that. So, you know, I think well, a lot of and fire. He made the play. He made the play. You can still commend him for saying, hey, that what a what a high IQ play. Bummer on Tony for having a penalty. I mean, you can still have that comfort. You know, that can still be part of If I think once he's done playing, his legacy is going to be a lot bigger than this, you know, lateral in a regular season game they'll but the, i mean you can still playoffs. give him credit they'll make the playoff they know, might not host I, but they'll make the playoffs right exactly i think the chiefs have they should have larger goals in mind if they really are the chiefs you know this dynasty that we thought that they were i mean if you want to be great go be great you don't need to get caught up in these types of things and again if you want to blow up on the ref in the moment that's fine i think him and andy reed's comments in the press conference were just over the top you know, calling the league embarrassing and or that it's embarrassing for the league and, and what have you. 
um, that just was where it started to feel like, okay, you guys got to let it go. Say, hey, we made a mistake. The ref made a right call. We don't agree with the call. We don't like it, but we're the ones that put ourselves in that position. Couldn't have said it better myself. That would have been a, a great answer. Um, and, you know, yeah, I, I'm surprised Andy Reid even took that route. But, you know, it, it's a little bit of sense of entitlement there. But uh, that's what happens when you win a couple Super Bowls. And, you know, people consider you the GOAT and the, and the greatest of all time. And you start feeling a certain way. And when call, call, we could go through history and see how many calls have gone the Chiefs way uh, that, that, that have kind of, you know, affected uh, outcomes of games. So, regardless, we'll leave it at that. Uh, the Cowboys, I think the Cowboys just need a, the Cowboys are legit, Brandon. I mean, I think we're, we, you know, we, we don't necessarily want to say it, but the Cowboys are the real deal. Now, will they get over that hump in the playoffs is the question. Cause we've seen teams like this before. Have we seen this dominant of a, of a Cowboys team during the regular season? I don't know. Are they clicking on all cylinders? 100%. But is this the team to get over the hump and beat those top tier NFC teams, I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not really bought in. I need to see it to believe it. The playoffs are a different ball game. Exactly. Yeah. No. I won't think they can do it until they do it, and then I'll give them some credit after the fact. But I, I don't think Mike McCarthy is that great of a coach. Um, I I think the Cowboys obviously have historically struggled in the playoffs, and they've had plenty of teams similar to this one where. They're just rolling through the playoffs and divisional week round comes and they lose at home. So, you know, it's one of those things where if they can get a playoff win, get to the NFC championship, and then I'll give them I'll give them their flowers at that point. But no, they look good right now. And I think them and the Niners, I think, are the two best teams in the F NFC. I think the Eagles are, are right behind them. Um, but I think there's a clear separation between the Cowboys, Niners and Eagles and you know, all you have to do is look back at the last two weeks. Eagles played the Niners, got rolled, played the Cowboys, get rolled. So, you know, we'll see what 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 comes in January and February. But well, the Niners lost good. The Niners lost three straight games before their bye week, and then went nutty. And it's like they lost to Cleveland. So like Philly losing the way they're losing, yeah, you can, people can be worried about that. But like, you know, against the regular season, these teams know that there's a bigger goal ahead, and. You know, I, I still like Philly. Um, you know, the Niners is just hard for me to just – they probably should win the Super Bowl. They probably have the best roster. But, you know, again, I just – they've been there a lot. Are they are they going to get over the hump? You know, are they going to get over that hump as well? Uh, you know, the Cowboys, are they going to get over that hump? The Eagles, the Eagles need to just – they already got over the hump, and they just, you know, one questionable call away. Who knows what happens in that Super Bowl last year if they even drive down and come back. But they, they come within – you know, one score game. I, I, you know, I, they're they're there, but I need to see it from the Niners. I need to see it from the Cowboys. Christmas tree bonanza going on behind me, but it, I'm very curious to see how it all pans out in the NFC and and the way it goes. Uh, you know, we, it's just a wide open. The NFL is very wide open now. You even go to the AFC. I mean, with the Cleveland Browns, they still find ways to win. Um, with the Houston Texans, Denver Broncos, that whole three four team tie between the last few teams. Who's the best team in the AFC? I don't know. Is it, it Baltimore's probably the best team? But you know, again, the Chiefs. Once you get into the playoffs, you just never know with the Chiefs. And, and Pat Mahomes is a is an incredible quarterback and. You never know what he can do, and if those guys actually find a way to step up, and they do have a solid defense, I will give the Chiefs that. So, 
I, I, you know, I'm very curious to see what, it, and if, you know, Joe Burrow is out for the season, then that, you know, I, and I believe I, I just didn't double check that, but if he is, you know, if he comes back, you never know with the with the Bengals, but probably, you know, with Jake Browning, they're not going very far at all. And it's just, it's, it's a toss up for me. And I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how, how things pan out um, in the NFL playoffs, but so there's still so much ball to play, which is probably the best part of it all. Right. We know nothing. Yep. Oh, exactly. We no, know zero. I, we're getting we're getting close to the end. Yeah, we're getting close to the end, but so many things are gonna change. I do think it's the NFC's Super Bowl to lose. I think the NFC has the more quality teams. Like I said, I, I agree that the Ravens are probably the class of the AFC mm-hmm. right now. But yep, you don't bet against Mahomes in the playoffs, you know, all that stuff. But it feels like it's it's, it's NFC's year. I think I, I think I'm going to side with you on that one. I have a game for you, Brandon. Uh, you know, we were talking about some of these players, and you know, we saw Joe Flacco come out this weekend have a ball game of his life. You know, there's guys we're talking about the Cowboys, guys like Tony Romo. You know, guys that kind of led their teams for a while, and there's a lot of ball players out there that you know had incredible careers. And I'm and I'm curious, should they be Hall of Famers or not? And I want to go through a list with you. Now, here's what we have is I have a handful of NFL players. I also, Brandon, have a handful of NBA players that I'm going to run through. And I just want your simple yes or no on if you think they should be a Hall of Famer. Now, some of these guys are past their time. So now it's just an opinion. Some of them must still have a chance to maybe make it. Uh, so I'm going to ask you It's a, if you want to give an explanation, you may. But I want to see how you feel. Basically, a yes or no answer of whether these guys should be in the Hall of Fame or not. Are you down to play? Let's go for it. First up on the list, wide receiver from the Colts, Reggie Wayne. No, I don't think so. Rodney Harrison, safety. Yes, he was uh, He was a a key contributor in a lot of those Patriots defense. So, yeah, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Heinz Ward. Oh, I hate him. <laughs> um, Arguably the best blocking yeah, receiver. He, that's what I was going to say. He he could probably – I'll give him a, I'll give him a ticket. Yeah, he can be in the Hall of Fame. Donovan McNabb. No. Steve Smith Sr., the receiver. Jerry Judy's best friend. Yeah, that's... And yeah, no kidding. Uh, man, because he had a couple of good... I mean, he was obviously with the Panthers and was awesome. Even in his time with the Ravens, you know, and then he had a couple different games. Oh, man, but he... I'm going to say no. He'll probably get in. I don't think he should be in. Philip Rivers. See, I thought you'd start with him. Um, so my problem with Phil is actually no. I'm gonna say he can get into the Hall of Fame. He was probably, you know, a top five some years, top three quarterback for most of his career. Even though it was a loss, he has his signature game in the playoffs when his knee was completely gone. I don't think. You know, I don't think a Super Bowl is necessarily a, 
is a requirement to be in the Hall of Fame. I think Phillips in. Yep. Give it to Phil. Ten kids, one wife, Hall of Fame. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah, just making it through that day-to-day should be enough to get in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Love. Shout out Phil Rivers, man. Chauncey Billups. Absolutely. Mr. Big Shot, without a doubt. That's probably the best nickname in all of NBA lore. That one's up there for sure. I mean, Mr. Big Shot is an incredible nickname. Um, Robert Ori, Big Shot Bob. Big Shot Bob. Seven. Seven. He's probably past his... Yeah, he's probably past his time. And I, I'm shocked that he's not in there already. That's crazy. I mean, it, obviously... Uh, yeah, I'll... Yeah, he's he's got seven. How can you not be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, ISO, the original ISO Joe Johnson. ISO Joe, no. Street Ball Hall of Fame, maybe. Not NBA <laughs> Hall of Fame. Great player, though. This one might shock you. Tory Holt. That one is a good one. Greatest show on turf. Just absolutely dominant. Lost in the Super Bowl. No, won the Super Bowl. No, because he wasn't on that one that beat the Titans. They were the one that lost to... I thought he was. Maybe not. Was he on that one? I thought so. Because he was... They were... He was on the one where they lost to the Patriots. I can't remember if he was on the one when they uh, beat the Titans. Burt was. I know that. Uh, um, I'm going to say yes. Tiki and Rondé Barber. Tiki was the running back. Rondé was a safety. No, you can pick one. Okay. Rondé, yes. Tiki, no. Fumbled too much. No ball security, no job security, man. Sean Marion. Rest in peace. Sean Marion's not Uh, dead. uh, Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um No, I don't think Sean Marion could be enough. To go on Another big bro. He was a good line, but could you imagine? I think I'm gonna say no. He was he was a good linebacker. So a lot of these guys, like they seem like perfect the guys I'm saying they seem like perfect ring of fame. That's so true. It's to me, not Hall of Fame. Like they feel like have your team get you in the ring of fame, not in the Hall of Fame. I got one more for you. We got a whole list, so we're gonna save. We're gonna we're gonna save this game for down the road, uh, for another time. Because then we we can get into baseball, MLB players. We can get into hockey players. Uh, we we can we can really dive into this. But I'm gonna go with one. The last one for the day, Eddie George. Yeah, I think he should be in. He was he was a force, man. He was such a powerful back. I'd put him in. You know, I think I think I agreed with about all of yours, I believe. I'm going to have to go back and listen and see. Um, but there's some more on this list that might shock you, and we'll go through it next time. But uh, you won. Thanks for playing, Brandon. Good job. So, for for the record, Sean Marion is a healthy 39. So, <laughs> Thanks for checking. I literally, my mind just jumped to Junior Seau. My mind just jumped to Junior Seau. That's a real RIP, man. Our Junior Seau, man. Hall of Fame for sure. Uh, my sister met Junior Seau one time. It's probably, she said it was the biggest dude she's ever met in her life. That dude is a massive dude. 
Where'd she meet him at? Uh, she met him at like a restaurant bar out in San Diego one year, her and her friend. And they just happened to 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 meet him. And her friend knew who it was like, oh, my God, that's Junior Seau. My sister's like, uh, OK. And they went up and somehow were able to get into his little his little you know posse. And they got a picture with him and moved on. Yeah, I don't I think that's a guy that kind of stands out in a crowd. Yeah, no, he he was he was he was he was crazy big. So yeah, so Hall of Famer not fun game. If you have a Hall of Famer that you want to ask us if we're uh if we think he should be in the Hall of Fame, you know, send us a message on uh on uh, Instagram, Facebook, send us an email, two guys talking podcast at gmail.com. Uh if you're watching this on video, we got the Christmas tree going on behind me. Uh, it's looking pretty good. It's coming together pretty nice, wouldn't you say, Brandon? Need some more ornaments on that right side. I see a lot of wall. Okay, we're missing some ornaments on the right side, little gap side. So, you know, so I guess I have to hang up. Now, it looks like, do you guys have, like, an ornament set? Or is it more ornaments that are just kind of special that you've collected throughout the years? Special that we've collected throughout the years. Okay, see, I, I always have preferred that way. No, we don't have a set like this one, year. like this one, where it's the one that I use to ask yep. her to marry me. So a lot of them are very uh, special and sentimental based. We don't have many uh, from a set at all. Yeah, and see, I prefer that because I think, and I understand why people go with just like you know the the color coordination in the sets because it just it has a better aesthetic to it, I guess. But I think it's cool, like people looking at the ornaments, like, oh, what's this one? What's that one? But I, I always did the special ones growing up when my wife and I started dating. I was able to kind of keep that going. And then last year I got outvoted. So now we have <laughs> coordinated colors, but it was um, black, gold and a little bit of silver. So it felt kind of like a CU tree. So that's where I kind of that was my compromise. No, that's I even cool. got black and gold wrapping paper, too. So it was. That's it was pretty, OK. That, yeah, I mean, that's 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 a good compromise. I mean, I I. I like the aesthetic of the of the uniform tree. Um, there's just something about. I mean, growing up, my mom is queen sentimental, so she is all about keeping mementos. And I still go over to my mom's house to put up specific ornaments on her tree that she wants me specifically to put on. And she does the same with my sister. She even has now for her two grandkids that she has. So like, it's very sentimental based. Now I know that when me and my fiance take a step up in this world and get get a house, we will probably have multiple trees. So. We'll We'll probably have a sentimental tree and you know an aesthetic tree so i'm looking forward to maybe that day to have the option of both that's a good idea i should i should uh, pursue that i like that idea you a know small, like a little, little like mini tree and like you know the, the one i have is a six foot tree i'm you know i'm looking at i want to i want a 10 12 foot tree i want a big boy as our main tree Damn. yeah no i want a big boy in the house so um you know and you know like have you seen elf you know that big old tree, but I need I need higher ceilings. So, will you jump off of something to try to hang the star like he does, where it just comes out of left field? Just <laughs> we do something like that. <laughs> he comes from he Could takes like fifteen steps to that thing, man. Still doesn't get it. Still doesn't. Yeah. Get he, it. He, nope. Oh, what can you do? Great movie. It's Christmas time. I'm starting to get in the holiday spirit. I think I. Talked our way out of it, man. Starting to starting to feel feel like the holiday spirit. The tree helps. The yeah, tree once helps. the decorations go up, then you kind of mix in some Christmas music here and there. The tree yeah, helps. It'll take some time, but and you're drinking eggnog. I mean, this is fantastic. I mean, this is 
this is loving great. it. So um, I thought you, you know, I thought you were drinking a glass of milk, which I wouldn't judge at all. I'd actually applaud you for that. But a glass of eggnog is is perfect as well. Um, I need to try some of that. It's a spot, man. Babe, remind me to drink eggnog on Christmas, please. Got it. All right. So, you know, well, I think we got it on our list. Alexa, add eggnog to my grocery list. Thank you. Simple as that. So that's uh, if you're listening to this, if you listen to this in 1945, yeah, that's real, buddy. So you can just talk to something and it makes you a list. Yeah, I mean, you taught me that. Now, 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 I'm now I'm copying the the ways of you. I mean, I think it's I pretty so much just followed your life to almost to a T at this point. I think that's I think that's okay, right? You know. You know, you we always talk about, you know, you, you get your you get your inner circle and you, you align your goals <laughs> and your wants and your needs. And you, you see what you see where you end up. Yeah. And I'm not complaining. I'm very, very happy, very happy where, where I'm at. So, you know, this is it's where I worked out. Great. Every, you know, everything's coming up. Prav, man. You know, that's that's what I got. So. <laughs> so we've gone through a lot already and this has been great. You know, we're just zooming by. We even got through our game. But, you know, we can kind of, you know talk about kind of our hearts a little bit and 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 our biasness and our, and our two favorite teams kind of going at it right now in terms of csu basketball and cu basketball and two opposite weeks happening for both those teams csu losing to st mary's uh by three points awful game for csu st mary's has been a good competitor to them the last handful of years it's turned into a mini rivalry you could say that aiden mahaney we've played him three years four years in a row now um but a four and five team coming into moby you know they played a heck of a ball game csu kind of you know missed a lot of shots that they shouldn't have missed and end up on the losing side nonetheless they come into this week's ranking at 17 in the ap poll uh cu Huge win going to Madison Square Garden and just dominating Miami and beating them by 27 points. And Cody Williams, once again, as we said, just really feeling himself now, really since Moby Arena. So his coming out party will always be at Moby Arena at this point. And now he's projected in some places as a top five draft pick. Regardless, see you now right on the cusp of a ranking, really trending in the right direction. And you're talking about some of these resume builders. CSU and CU now have almost helped each other with some resume building happening. And these are two of the best, best teams in their conferences. And easily the best teams in the state gotta love Colorado basketball as a state what's happening right now uh, and both teams really I mean I, I'm very excited for when CU is ranked and it's just I mean they could be neck and neck in the rankings for the rest of the season if they keep performing the way they're performing yeah and I think the CSU loss to St. Mary's I think it shows how much respect there is for them in the polls only dropping a hand you know four spots right uh i i was i was kind of kidding with you like you know they won't be ranked that was a little bit of a, a more with the heart but i i thought they would drop a little bit further but just only dropping from 13 to 17 i think that goes to show how much respect and that creighton wins huge and like I said maybe that win against cu maybe that continues to look better and better as the season goes on and to the counterpoint cu's close loss on the road Maybe that looks better and better. Yeah, as a resume builder, maybe something like that can, you know, help them out. You hope, especially on the CSU side with being ranked so high right now. Hopefully, 
you know, the season doesn't fall apart for them and they're on a on the bubble to where a resume builder, quote unquote, is applicable. Uh, but you know, those type of things, they they impact seeds and stuff like that too. So the CU game was interesting because Miami took the lead with like just under 15 minutes to go in the game. And then CU just went on an absolute tear. And so it was that again, I talked about it. That team is so inconsistent from game to game where sometimes it looks like they struggled to score 60 and then other nights at a neutral location in Brooklyn against, you know, a, a pretty good Miami team ranked top 15 and they put up 90 on them. I, <laughs> I think as the year goes on, Tad will do his thing and, you know, he'll kind of hone those guys in and hopefully become a little bit more consistent. But yeah, that was a surprising thing to me. It's just how that game ended. Like I said, it it was back and forth all game. Miami took the lead, and then so you said, "All right, we're we're going." When and you have De Silva, he seems like he's getting in his rhythm. You know, you mentioned Cody Williams, and it seems like he's getting some confidence and kind of finding his way in the offense um, around De Silva and KJ. But yeah, TDS looks awesome right now. He's had a few games in a row where he's just getting buckets. You know, I think the one thing, and I think, you know, if that if that CSU-CU game was in Boulder, it ends up completely different. I think that was definitely a home court advantage type situation because CU, the thing that they have, in my opinion, over CSU is that guy. Now, people would be like, well, Prav, Isaiah Stevens. I, I don't think you're understanding what I mean by that guy. Like, you need a bucket he going to get it. And that's what Cody Williams is. So you have all these guys that are experienced. You have some transfers that are in there, but you have guys, KJ Simpson, Tristan De Silva. you have guys that are experienced. And then you add on a, just a superstar talent. CU is a force to be reckoned with that. I don't think people realize. And when you have a guy that is a, a top, a lottery pick and in college basketball, you're going to find out how much of a difference that makes. It, it, it's, and, th and that's why CU is very scary, and that's what really showed me with them beating Miami. You know, you, you lose to a Florida State team early on in the season. Does that affect them long-term? I don't think so. Now, you don't want to lose that game, but I don't think that affects them long-term because they're coming into their own, and as we can see, it's really turning into something special. Cody Williams is that guy. TDS is going to find his way. KJ Simpsons is a, is a bucket. I mean, these guys, Tad Boyle is a great coach. Both teams in Colorado, I hope I see them both in the Sweet 16. Let's have them face off against each other in the lead eight. You know, let's let's just have some crazy go down, and let's put Colorado on the map. If yeah, not this year, I don't know if we get another year. Both teams have made it. What's that? If not this year, I don't know if we get another chance to do it. Both teams. No. CSU's, yeah, CSU feels like with their – experience and age yeah they're going to be graduating a lot of guys and then again you know we talk about the transfer portal for football similar thing with basketball you know you really got to take advantage of what you have when you have it and but yes yeah, so I, I think it's been a handful of years since both teams have been in the tournament that's always fun and you know it's always it kind of adds that separate thing and just more banter between the two fan bases of hey we we got bounce first round you guys didn't vice versa whatever it is so no, I'm excited. And again, hopefully, hopefully both teams continue this momentum because it is fun, you know, with just having both programs being relevant. It's good for the state. It's good for us as fans, us as a podcast. Keep on winning.
I just I appreciate the rivalry really coming back to the way it used to be. I'm really appreciating the rivalry. I can feel it feuding. I can feel it sensing. We could sense it during halftime in Moby Arena. I mean, there there was some you could sense the rivalry going on there. And when you're and that's why I'm very excited with the games being on campus uh, for football as well. I could only imagine how Folsom Field was this past season. Can't wait to see how Canvas Stadium is going to be next season. Um, and how and how uh, Coors Event Center is going to be for the basketball game next season. I mean, it's going to be uh, just really, and both teams are going to look very different. <laughs> uh, all four teams are going to look right. very different going in. Right, you know, and it's you never want to you never want like the opponent's fan base to feel comfortable. Obviously, there's a line to where you don't need to be just beating people up and getting arrested and just have complete mayhem and and lawlessness, but. There is that aspect to it where, you know, at Moby, it's like, man, I am not welcome here. And that was a good feeling. That's something where it's like, cool. All right. So this game means something. You know, if you're walking through the concourse and you're not hearing any explicits about CU, it's like, man, is it, do people care about this game? But when you're walking through and you're kind of like, all right, you know, keeping your head on a swivel, people chirping you, that, that adds to it. That adds to the experience. Like I said, you know, you don't want opponents, fan bases to feel comfortable. I think that's, there's a lot of, whether it's at the pro level, college level, I think there's a lot of programs out there where, um, you know, that's the case, and that takes a little bit of the fun out of it. I'm just excited for 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 the, for the future, and so so much basketball left, which I'm so excited for. We've had such a fun beginning of the basketball season for both CU and CSU. Very excited for what's going to turn out for them. So hope the seasons keep being successful. I mean, the, the, their game is over. CSU got the the last laugh this year, and so we can ride with that for the rest of the season. But you know, there's still so much more basketball, and, and again, with how it work it, it works, you never know. I mean, there, there's a small chance these teams could face off again. And how special would that be in an NCAA tournament game if these two teams got to go at it? I mean, that would just be extremely amazing. And but conference conference play is going to be huge for both teams. Uh, you know, CSU starts off with two very difficult Mountain West opponents, and CU is going to have to go up against the big, big-headed monster of Arizona, and you know, twice. So, you know, it's and I think CU's up there. They have a chance to win the conference, but can they take one of those games against Arizona? I think they have a shot, but it's going to be extremely tough. Conference play is huge. Conference play is massive. Yeah, I agree. I think you're hoping for, you know, worst case, you get a split against Arizona. We get the one in Boulder. They can have the one, you know, at their building. But, yeah, I mean, that those are going to be the, the tests you start to see. And hopefully for the CU side – you played really well against uh, a top 15 team in the nation. And yeah, it wasn't conference play, but that game seemed like it felt different. I don't know. I don't really know why they were in Brooklyn. It was just a showcase. So <laughs> not a tournament, just uh, just one game in Brooklyn. And that was it. Come back to Boulder and we got UNC on Friday. So uh, but yeah, conference play, it, it, that's, that's the most exciting time because that's where those games, I mean, every single one of those games matter. You could be facing a Cal at home on a Tuesday at like an eight fifteen tip. And that game still means something. And again, these guys, they're, they're young guys. They can play so different night to night. It, that's part of the, the experience of it. Can't wait for it. Got so much more, you know, we have going to have so much more to talk about over the next few days, over the next couple of weeks. Can't wait for it. Uh, super excited for all that's coming. Um, again, catches 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you want to listen, we're there. Find us, Two Guys Talking Podcast. Uh, we're going to be putting out more shows, share it with a friend, join in on the conversation. We would love to hear you guys' thoughts and, and what you guys have to add or or complain about. Uh, you know, We'll see if we get any Chiefs fans coming at us uh, for for getting on uh, them and not the refs. But, hey, who knows? That's just – I'm just one guy. I don't know what I'm talking about. We're just two guys talking. We're just – you know, we doesn't – we never said we knew what we were talking about. We're just talking, right? We've been 100% accurate of what to expect from us. We're, we're two guys talking. We're just two guys talking. Can't wait for the next episode, Brandon. Always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, hopefully have a, have a good rest of your week and uh, looking forward to the next one. You too, man. We'll catch you later.